listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, Episode 3. In this episode, the right to ask for an upgrade, and the UX fail of the week. First on the show, we have some follow-up. And this is regarding the situation with Dash. And per the Capelli blog on October 11th, it doesn't appear that they will be coming back anytime soon. At least that's what they say. Maybe they'll update their information on the blog sometime soon. We'll see. Um, But it is interesting to note, too, that because this affects... And I mentioned this last time, which is that because this affects both app stores, not just the Mac app store but also the ios app store and that's actually the more serious aspect of this but uh on as is mentioned on the blog site the good news is that if you are a mac os user of dash uh, you can transfer your license to their own system so you can if you want to transfer it over you'll be able to transfer your license over and be able to get upgrades and further support from Capelli uh, directly from their company website. So that's that's probably the best way to to handle this at this point if you are a Mac user of Dash. And probably most of us, that's how we use it, but I know the iOS product is very successful as well. And uh, unfortunately for those users, you'll you'll have to wait until this is resolved. Okay, on to our next topic, and this is really a business topic. Uh, I, with regard to iOS Dev Break and the show, I will cover various topics. It, there will be technical sides, there will be business, there will be user experience, design, all kinds of things. Whatever seems appropriate for for the week. Uh, this week, one thing that came up just over the weekend was something that kind of. Uh, really jarred something in me and that was the the right to ask for an upgrade and this as a as a developer uh, I do run an independent uh, app development business so this is an important topic every developer wants upgrade revenue Uh, but it seems to me like there is a a point at which the line needs to be drawn uh, at to be able to ask for an upgrade. Uh, the, one of the examples that came up this weekend was with regard to Quicken Windows. And uh, as it turns out, this is pretty much the only Windows application. There might be one other, but basically it's the main application that I run on Parallels on my system. And it's the, the well, basically the only reason why I have Parallels is to to run Quicken Windows because the Quicken Mac product is has always been so um, well. Let's just say it's always been behind the times uh, from the Windows product. Um, anyway, I, I just I, it made me very sad to uh, launch Quicken Windows 2016, and knowing the state in which that particular application is in. I mean, it's it's been going downhill for a while, but. 2013 was a pretty good, stable product, I thought, and I recently upgraded to 2016 and have had nothing but problems with that. It is just a bug-ridden piece of software. I don't know what is going on with the Quicken team. 
uh, but it is atrocious. And uh, I know that they are going through uh, a tremendous change now since uh, they are transferring from be, uh, being owned by Intuit and now they're, they're moving to a new company. So um, hopefully that will be a good thing for them in the future. But the one thing that bothered me was that this weekend when I launched Quicken to do some updating of my financial information, and uh, there was a dialog box asking me to upgrade to Quicken 2017. And this got me thinking uh, because first of all, Quicken 2016 is just not a product that is completely stable. It still has awful bugs. And to me, it's not even a complete product. So to be able to ask for upgrade revenue in Quicken 2017, it seems like you need to finish 2016 before you start uh, asking for money for your next product. So I don't know if I'm going to upgrade. I probably won't. I'll probably just stick with 2016 as long as uh, it will let me. But I just thought that it was uh, rather poor form on the Quicken team's uh, part to even request that I upgrade uh, and pay money to upgrade to a new product. If they were offering it for free and if they had claimed that they had solved many of the bugs in 2016, that would probably be a different story. But in this case, I have a feeling they're they're going to be asking for their $50 again, and uh, that's not okay with me. And I know you may be thinking, well, that's a Windows product. Why are you talking about a Windows product on an iOS dev break uh, segment? And the fact of the matter is, is that it really doesn't matter whether it's a Mac product or an iOS product or a Windows product, because as app developers, we do have a certain amount of responsibility or accountability to our customers to deliver them the best possible product that we can for a given version before we start asking for money for the next version. Now, I know that all software has bugs. We all know that. But to the best of our ability, to be, we need to be able to at least have the integrity to our users, to our customers, to be able to deliver the best product possible and before we start asking them for more money as much as we would like them to give us more money and maybe we need more money and that's all well and good but asking our customers to upgrade when we know that there are serious problems in the application and maybe the next version does fix those but then not offering to allow them to upgrade without giving us more more money in exchange for that, I think is probably a really bad idea. And it can really alienate your users. I know it certainly alienated me from the Quicken product, but uh, it just it made me feel really disappointed to, to see that they had chosen to go down this path. So as a result, I probably won't be upgrading and uh, it's We'll see how things go. Uh, I'd really like to have a better product that is actually a, a Mac application, but I really have not found anything that does what I need. So, so maybe there's an there, maybe there's an opportunity there. And certainly, if you know of a very good financial management personal finance application that is uh, for the Mac, let me know. Okay, moving on to the the next segment, and this is another 
It's not an iOS topic also, but it does help us as iOS developers. And this is something that I feel was a uh, user experience, what I'm calling the UX fail of the week. And in this particular instance, this involves a hardware product. This is a pair of headphones that I have that is a, it's a wireless pair, it's a Bluetooth. And actually, as a product, it's very good. It's the Mpow uh, Seashell, I believe is what they're called. They're sort of a neon green and black product. Very good headphones, very cheap, $13 or something, and they work well. Um, but there, there's just one thing that really is kind of annoying about them, which is that they have a blue light that blinks constantly when they are on. And I'm not quite sure even why they even have this, because if I'm wearing the headphones and I'm using the headphones, I'll know if they're not working, so they don't need to blink a blue light. So, and this is particularly annoying when you're trying to uh, listen to something, maybe maybe watch a, a program or something, and that the blue light is constantly blinking. And especially if you're in like a, a, a sort of a dark room. Anyway, the, it got me thinking about our apps and how sometimes we think we need to have a feature that is uh, exposed in the user interface and we think it's the coolest thing. And, oh, look how great how this this little blue light blinks when it's on when really it's just better not to have the light at all. So that, that translates very well into our iOS applications because many times we have design features. We have, we have things in our apps that we really don't need. In fact, stripping down our applications to their bare essentials is often the best thing that we can do, especially in the context of iOS and it is most certainly the, the, the best choice in the context of Apple Watch apps. I know I've experienced this before where I've installed an Apple Watch application and it just tries to do too many things. An Apple Watch app needs to be glanceable, it needs to be responsive, and it's just it needs to be a very quick interactions. So that's something that, that I just thought I'd bring out because in this particular instance, I really like the headphones, but that particular feature is enough for me to want to look for a different product, one that doesn't have an annoying blue light that blinks, even though the headphones are pretty good for cheap Bluetooth headphones. So uh, if you have any feedback on that, I'd like to hear it. Please send it to iosdevbreak at interactivelogic.net. Uh, or you can just send me feedback to our Twitter account, iOS DevBreak, and uh, let me know what you think. So we covered the topic of business and user experience, but I also wanted to make sure that we also talked about something technical, and I thought it might be a good idea to mention something about Swift 3. And I've been actually meaning to mention this for a little while, but there is a great little video by Sam Davies, up on raywenderlich.com and I'll put the link to the the video up in the show notes but it's great because it's called Swift 3 in 3 minutes and uh, as you know Sam Davies is always very very entertaining whenever he presents a topic so uh, it, it's a lot of fun and I'm not going to give away whether he actually covers it all in three minutes or not but it sure is fun to see him give it a try so I encourage you to take a look and see what you think and uh, also there's a bunch of other uh, 
uh, tutorials and videos and things up on raywinderlich.com. And if you uh, subscribe, then you can you can watch all of those. Uh, it's, I think it's worth it. It's a they have a, a good curriculum and a good set of tutorials, and they have a very good teaching method up there too. So uh, give it a try and see what you think. And um, yeah, let me know how you like it. Well, I'm sorry that this has been a little bit shorter episode this week, but mostly it's because last week, uh, most for most of last week, I just wasn't feeling all that great. So um, I didn't have a lot of topics that came up, but these actually just kind of fell out of the sky in the last few days here. So I thought they were they would be good to talk about. I do have some other topics lined up for the next show, so maybe I'll make that one a little bit longer, even though the, it, by and large the shows that I've been doing have been over 15 minutes. So this is this will be one that comes under 15 this time. Um, also, I'd like to mention about Cloud City development. If you have an iOS app that you're trying to get off the ground, or perhaps you need the back end built for your web or mobile app, uh, please let us know. Uh, contact Cloud City Development today and see how we can help you. You'll be in uh, very good hands, and we love working with nice people who have great ideas, especially ideas that help other people. And uh, so we'd be more than willing to, to to help you out. So if you want more information, and you can also get a complimentary half-hour consultation, just go to our website, which is www.cloudcity.io for more information and and check that out. We got some other uh, links up there. You can see what prior work we've done, projects that we've done for other people and see if it fits in with your your idea. And we'd love to help you. So that's Cloud City Development. And that wraps it up this week for iOS Dev Break Episode 3. Thank you so much for listening and uh, I'll catch you on the flip side next week.